Hey everybody, it's Terrell Cummings, and this is episode 31 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Today is a Mount Rushmore episode uh, where Dane and I are going to be talking about the Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches, Mount Rushmore for college football coaches, and the Mount Rushmore for our all-time favorite rappers. And we know we'll be doing some other rapid-fire questions as well. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to having some fun. We hope you are too. So here we go. Talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Terrell Cummings, and this is episode 31 of the Always Relevant Podcast. As always, here with our co-host, Dane DeMeo. Dane, what's going on, dude? Oh man, nothing much. What's happening? My man, hanging out, having good times. Ran upstairs real quick to get some water and throw on the jacket because it's actually kind of chilly um, here in Ohio. I think it's like 45 degrees, maybe 50 degrees, and my basement is showing that because there's no insulation in it. So it gets pretty chilly down there. So I went and grabbed a jacket real quick for doing this show. So what about you? What's going on? Man, it was 30 degrees here last night out here yeah. in Eastern PA, and it was cold. Yeah, that was like that here too, man. I think it said it got down to like 27, something crazy. And then I heard something like the, the east might get hit with like some kind of snowstorm or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there was snow supposedly in certain parts here, so. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this weather. It's uh, super nice right now. I think it's approaching 50 degrees. So I think think we're getting back to normal here today. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, I think it's supposed to be pretty decent today. I mean, it's like 50, might get to 55 degrees, something like that. So I mean, it's still a little bit chilly, but when it's been 80 some degrees one day, 60 some degrees the next day, I mean, you never know what's going to happen around here. So um, I know it was raining yesterday, so that kind of sucked, but. You know, I'm ready for the rain to go away and ready to go out and try to play a little bit of golf if possible. Well, they're opening up everything for you. I'm still on lockdown now till June 4th where, I, where I'm at. So uh, uh, congratulations on your freedom. <laughs> well, I know we said the stay at home order till like May, I think, 29th or something like that. And they'll reevaluate again after that. But it's true. Businesses are opening up. I think um, – Retail businesses are opening up next week. They said they'll put everything at like 89% capacity. And then next weekend, I think the 15th, like restaurants and bars are opening up, which I don't know if I'm going around around there anyway. At that point in time, at least not to eat in. Probably still eat out or get it delivered or whatever it is for the time being, just see what happens. Um, and after that, the week after that's when they're going to allow like uh, barbers and hairstylists and uh, – day spas to open back up at that point in time. Um, but for that, they said they'll probably won't have you wait in the waiting area practice you wait in your car till it's time for your appointment and walk in and get your appointment done. So we'll see what happens. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um, been thinking about it, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not much probably going to change for me, but uh, I'm sure some people like I was talking to DJ yesterday. He sounds like he is hundred percent ready for the bars to be back open. He sounds desperate. So, <laughs> yeah, I know he is. <laughs> I, I know, I know he's struggling. But I said, I have everybody I need here. You know, I have the family here. You know, Landon's here. The kids are here. You know, I'm able to work from here. So, there's not really much other place I need to go. You know, in order to to live and be able to have life be fulfilled on my end. So, that's just how that goes. 
Yeah, and you know what? I thought I would be missing the bars more, but they're actually something I'm missing more. Sports. I am missing the barber. I am missing <laughs> the barber. Now, My I friend actually, is getting out of control. I may never cut it again. I don't care. I'm just letting it This is actually saving me $20 every two weeks with them not allowing us to get our hair cut. <laughs> no, I just I shaved it, shaved my head. Lady actually shaved my head last night. Um, well, maybe it was not before. No, she yeah, she shaved it, shaved the night before. Um, and she uh, she bought me new clippers, beard clip trimmers for my uh, for my birthday. So she was trimming my beard, but the the guard came off, so she accidentally cut it. So then I had to shave my face too. So she's not really a big fan of the look of me being bald and shaved. So. A little different, a little weird, because I've been rocking the beer for a while. So, and I was thinking about something. I was thinking about something. I was listening to our podcast last week. My man, Mike, I say the word so a lot. Don't know why. But I'm trying to keep that to a minimum. I was like, we should make a drinking game out of this. So, if you're listening and you're near your beverages, anytime I say say the word uh, so, go ahead and take a drink. Or uh, take a shot, but you probably better off taking drinks. I feel and I see it a lot. I know after last week's episode, I feel like I said it a ton. So I'll try to calm that down, but you know, can't promise that I will. So um, if you had your beverage in hand, every time I say the word so, take a drink. I'll remind you. So there it is. One throwback. That's that's good. (laughs) But let's get to it, man. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and start off. How are you? How are you really? how am I? I'm all right. I'm tired. That's just what it is. I'm just tired. How am I really? I'm tired but relieved because last night, yesterday was actually my birthday, but what I did for my birthday all day yesterday was study and work. So I was answering emails, answering phone calls, studying for my final in financial accounting. I took it last night at 7 p.m. So I couldn't even like take it early and then Hanging out the rest of the night. I took it at 7 p.m. We had two hours and 15 minutes to take it. I got it done like in an hour and a half. And the score is going to be curved a little bit. But without the curve, I got a 92%. I'm hyped. That means I got an A in the class. And um, that's going to that's gonna be the start of my NBA career, starting off with a good old 4.0. I'm not mad about it. And hopefully, University of Dayton decides they want to give me some cash to help me out with my finances because they're expensive as hell to attend. So on that note, tired but relieved and hopeful. That's how I'm feeling uh, for real. So, Dane, how are you? How are you really? I'm doing good. I know I came a little strong. I was a little upset last week with the new taxes and everything like that. So, you know, I'm trying to keep it positive today. I'm feeling good. How am I really (laughs) – well, you know what? My po- the podcast really depressed me last week because we started talking about players that couldn't, you know, that we thought would make it and didn't make it. And all it did was bring back all the memories of all the terrible Browns that's been going on for the last 20 something years. <laughs> so just talking about Brady Quinn and Johnny Football and Courtney Brown and Gerard Warren and the list goes on and on became extremely depressing to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I've finally gotten over it. So, you know, we're going to talk about the greatest college coaches and the greatest NFL coaches. 
And we were going to talk about maybe the worst NFL coaches of all time, but that was too easy because you just got to take the Browns coaches from 1999 till the present day uh, for your list of the worst coaches all time in the history of the NFL. Topped by my boy Hugh Jackson. And just when I thought Hugh, it couldn't get any worse than Hugh Jackson, they hired the kitchen's idiot who just totally ruined only guy who could have ruined the team with that kind of talent on it in one year. All right, I'm done with that. So, <laughs> um, really, I'm doing – I'm optimistic because we got some football. We got the schedule out there. Uh, the uh, Browns hype is obviously over because 12 of their games are 1 o'clock this year. So, thank God nothing's expected of it because, you know, you know what happens with expectations. So I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah, Bengals have a lot of one o'clock games this year too, but they do have Thursday night game, and I'm not mad about them. And that's against the Browns. And uh, I'm trying to think. I thought they had another game that was late. Yeah, they have uh, another late night game against the Steelers. I don't know if it's Monday night or not. I'll have to check that out. But um, you know, it usually doesn't end well for the Bengals. Hopefully, it'll be better this year. We will see. They're pretty much are trying to overhaul their roster and try to change things up. And they're actually spending some cash to do it, try to get everybody on the, on the right side of things and give Joe Burrow the best chance to um, the best chance to succeed. You know, Joe Mixon, I said, give him the rock. He's the only he's the only running back. And I guess that's had over 500 carries in the last two years and has not had a fumble. So give the man the rock. Let him carry it. Let him be your workhorse. I'm all about it. But that's yeah. how that's, you you want to know? Yeah, you want to know what's awesome about the schedule this year is that the Browns start with the Ravens. Okay, yeah, they start with the Ravens, and then they play the Bengals on prime time. So get this scenario: they get <laughs> smacked by the Ravens, and then Joe Burrow upsets the Browns on Thursday night. So after week two of the NFL, chaos will already be in, in, in full effect. The media, the world will be ending. They'll be sticking a fork in it. They'll already be wanting to fire the coach. I love it. I can't wait. Let's get it on. Yeah, hey, Mary Kay Chabot up there in Cleveland is going to be busy. Going to be busy talking about those brownies and the good and the bad oh, yeah. that's happening. Mostly if bad. the Browns lose their first two games this year, the, the, it, chaos will reign. It, it, the people will have finally had enough. That's my prediction. <laughs> uh, that's tough, man. That is tough. I, I do feel bad for Browns fans. They, you guys are loyal. You guys are every year. You guys are so hopeful. And then every year you guys are disappointed one way or another. At least the Bengals, like, I mean, there's some times where you just know that it's just not happening at all. You know what I mean? We'll see about this year. This year might be different. Maybe we have a little more hope going than this year. I mean, like I said, I said they will be nine and seven. Um, but I don't know. That could be that could be a tough prediction. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I, I like your optimism, man. I, I like it. You're drinking the Kool Aid. Oh, I said wins, and I was a little scared to say five, but I think there's just too much talent on the Bengals. Not. Nah. The AFC North is going to be tough, though. Ben Roethlisberger's back, even though he looks like a retired cave Viking at the moment. Uh, <laughs> if he comes back and plays anything like he like he can play with that defense, 
Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be extremely tough in the AFC North this year. Like it, like is. it is me tough, but I'm just glad that the Bengals are playing. Looks like they're playing the um, NFC East this year, which I'm not too mad about. You know, they'll be facing the the Giants and the Redskins. Yeah, they face the Cowboys. The Cowboys are mortal. You can deal with that. And then um, who else in the East? I'm forgetting about. I, the Eagles, yeah, we'll see about the Eagles. They didn't have any defense last year, so and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're kind of talking about NFL schedule now. Um, we'll probably push that back to later on, but let's go ahead and switch it up and um, go ahead and get into our topic for our. Listen, it's a it's a Mount Rushmore day. We're talking about it. As a, all right, so who are the the who's the the NFL coach Mount Rushmore? You know, I was putting a list together. Dan was putting his list together, and we're trying to come to a consensus on who's who. And um, I don't know, Dan, what are, what are your thoughts coming into it? Uh, the NFL's tough. I, I don't think it's near as tough as college uh, because, you know, in college there's a lot of uh, not head-to-head. The good part about the NFL is, you know, these teams all play the games against each other and all that kind of stuff. I, I think – I think – any talk with the top coaches in the NFL obviously starts with Belichick that he's been able to win the way he's won at nine Super Bowls. He's been to, he's won six in the salary cap era uh, in the modern era with free agency, you know, back in the day, those good teams would stick together for years, like the Steelers and all those teams, Bill Belichick does it every year somehow with mixing up the roster, putting in new players and everything. So for the top, top job, as much as I hate it. And, you know, uh, I, I think it's gotta be Belichick at the top. It's tough to say. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. You know, it's crazy. Like, you know, yes, six Super Bowls, but they could have very easily had eight. It's not like they got killed by the giants. You know what I mean? It, it, either time. It's not like they got killed. You know, the giants barely won both games. And well, and the Eagles game went to the went to the very end. Doug Peterson was just calling any play, going for it on every fourth down. He actually out Belichick Belichick in that Super Bowl. Yeah, he really did. He did. But the, the Patriots got one though against the Falcons. You know, the Falcons handed them that. I mean, they were up by like what twenty? It was twenty five. That's crazy. Twenty five. Up by twenty five and lose. And like a lot of that loss was in like the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that was unbelievable. Absolutely crazy that that even happened. I don't know how you let it happen. I mean, if anything, just try to slow it down and run the ball. <laughs> you know. Well, that was that was Matt Ryan's chance at immortality and the big play in that. Not to get off topic, but you know the Patriots earned that win. But when Matt Ryan took that sack on third down that put him out of field goal range, I mean. You can't do that in that situation. He got no one to blame by himself for taking that sack. They were in easy field goal range, and he took the deep sack. They had to punt it, and you know when you punt it and you put Brady on the field with Gronkowski and them guys at the end, you know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, and with with Matt Ryan, do you think that if he wins that Super Bowl that he's going to be going to the uh, Hall of Fame? I, I think so. Uh, he's going to have the lifetime numbers. Right. I mean, I don't know what they are at this current time, but he's been with the Falcons a long time. You never hear of them talking quarterback or going in a different direction. I think they like him down there. Uh, yeah, I think that was his chance at the uh, 
chance at the Hall of Fame. Say they win that game. If they win that game, he definitely would have been the MVP right. because of the off numbers they were putting up. So he'd have had a Super Bowl and an MVP, and he'd have had the lifetime numbers. So, uh, yeah, I think that might have that might have been his shot at the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm with you there. I agree 100%. I think that was his shot at the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he'll, if he'll ever be able to get back to the Super Bowl at this point. You know, I don't know when, no. at what point do the Falcons start looking in the other direction or looking for their next no, the Fal- quarterback in the future. Fal- you know, the Falcons are – yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But getting back to – I know we kind of hit a hit a quick left. Let's bring it back to center as far as everything. But the next coach I had on my list uh, – let me just go through the coaches I had on my list and we can discuss from there who we think should be on it. Obviously, Belichick's the obvious coach. He's at the top of the list. He's been to nine Super Bowls. He's won six Super Bowls. He's done it in an era where he's had to change his roster up and didn't have the highest paid players and didn't have the most probably talent, but he had the most guys that were doing their job and they played together as a team. You can't deny that. So, you know, oh, yeah, take a drink for that. But um, with Belichick, he's up there. The other guys on the list that I have are Don Shula, Bill Walsh, Paul Brown, Vince Lombardi, Joe Gibbs, Chuck Knoll, Tom Landry, Marv Levy, George Hallis. I might say George Hallis already. But that's that's the rest of the list that, that we have to choose from uh, for these Super Bowls. I mean, I thought about throwing John Madden out there. I couldn't remember if he won three Super Bowls with the Raiders. It was just two. I know he went to a few championship games, but couldn't beat the Steelers. But um, I'm sure there's some other coaches I'm, I'm leaving off the list. This just from basically my memory and – you know, who I could really think of that might be able to to, to fit into it. I know we discussed not only doing the Super Bowl era, but we decided to go ahead and go further back than that. So, you know, coaches like, you know, Coach Paul Brown and George Hallis and Vince Lombardi, it's hard to leave those guys off the list. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you judge coaches, uh, you know, uh, just like quarterbacks, uh, even more so than quarterbacks, I think you're judged on winning, right? Uh, that's it. I mean, I know the GM has to get you the players and make the right decisions, but uh, I I truly feel out of the professional sports that the head coach and coaching in the NFL is drastically more important than it is in the other sports. It's important in all of them. Except you know how I feel about basketball. I think I could coach any of the top teams, but uh, <laughs> we'll go. Uh, you know the NFL. You know it, you got to be able to coach. So they put in the long hours. I think you got to be judged on success, winning, and titles. Uh, I like that list you put up there. Uh, one of the reasons uh, I know I'm going to sound like a homer here. I like Paul Brown. Paul Brown. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. He he played in the championship game his first 10 years. Now, the first four were in the American Football Conference. But then, you know, the NFL thought the Browns, you know, all this hype, they're not going to do nothing in the NFL. But he came in to the NFL in 1950 and won the NFL championship against the Eagles. Uh, that's – I mean, look at the all-time record. I mean, he won three NFL titles, four American League titles. I mean, he created the 40-yard dash, the 225. He created the face mask. He created study and film. He's the one that first gave players playbooks. Uh, 
you know, a guy won 14 division titles. Uh, he's up there. What do you think? Yeah, he's, he's definitely up there. I mean, there's, it's hard to keep him off the list with his accolades and his success at every level. He's always had success, high school, college, pros, owner, doesn't matter. He's, he's always been oh, successful everywhere he's gone as a coach. And it's pretty crazy. And I think he definitely deserves to be on the list. So he won six state titles at Massillon. And he coached three years at Ohio State before the war and won a national title at Ohio State. So, I mean, he's just definitely one of the all-time greatest coaches. And, you know, he was uh, real close to reaching the ultimate goal with Cincinnati. So, uh, you know, he, he had some good years with the Bengals and almost won the big one. So, uh, you know, he's, he's got to be on it. No, I agree. I think he should definitely be on it. Um, I mean, and you had mentioned something about George Hallis. I forget how many titles he won with the Bears, but I know it was a few. You know, for sure. Six NFL championships. Yeah. So he, you know, six six is all time elite. All right. Yeah. I know it's way back in the day, and his first one was in nineteen twenty one, which is the which is the second year of the league. But he won one in 33. He won it in 40 and 41, 46 and 63. I mean, the guy coached forever. Right. Uh, 40 years. He's 318, 148, 31. That's a heck of a record. The actual first team he actually coached was the Decatur Chicago Staleys. That was his first team. <laughs> and then it became the Chicago Bears in 1921. So when they basically joined the NFL. Right. Um, yeah, so that's crazy. He's got to be yeah, on there. And, and next, I mean, I, I got to put Vince Lombardi on there. I mean, the trophy's named after him. You know, he's, what, two-time NFL coach of the year, two-time Super Bowl champion, five-time NFL champion, um, obviously Hall of Famer. You know, when Wall Street, he was like 96, 34, and 6. So, like a 73, or what, 73% winning percentage. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think you can really go wrong with him as far as doing that. Well, he's nine and one in the playoffs too. He lost one playoff yeah. game. That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, so I think that sounds like that's our our Mount Rushmore. I mean, I was bringing names like Bill Walsh to put out there because he did win three Super Bowls with the Niners. Uh, he is the the inventor of the West Coast offense, which most teams or a lot of teams are still running to this day. You know, overall, I mean, he he put that together. He started that off. And obviously, he was the coach of the San Francisco 49ers um, and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and all those records that Rice put up there. You know, that's from Bill Walsh's offense. And he was ahead of his time, for sure. Yeah, he was Super Bowls, yeah. But here's the one we we left off that's really close. And, you know, RIP to Don Shula, as you know, he just passed away. But he had a record of 328, 156, and six in 33 years. Crazy. Yeah. It was 19 and 17 in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, everybody's got to lose one of the playoffs, right? And only one person goes undefeated. Yeah. And then, uh, what was it? He had 16 division titles. He was in the Super Bowl six times, but he only won two of them. Uh, obviously, had the, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, good teams for a long time, but uh, only winning two Super Bowls, that's what keeps him a little off the list right. here for me in the top. No, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. That's what keeps that's what keeps a lot. I think he was, he was NFL champion in 1968. You know, I think that was the, the year before um, the Super Bowl started, if I remember right. Um, yeah, the Baltimore right. Colts, and he went that. Yeah. yeah, so – yeah, he he was he was taking a drink for that too. If you guys are listening, but um, he he definitely led them, and yeah, that was what that was what's keeping me from putting him on the list. I mean, the only undefeated team in the Super Bowl era, still, you know, they're still the Dolphins are still getting together, having those drinks. But let's go ahead and uh, yeah, he did he 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 passed away on the on May fourth, so five days ago. So you know, rest in peace to him, and you know, prayers for his family. But you know he's he's definitely going to be known as one of the greatest coaches of all time, overall. And you know another Ohio guy, you know he he's from like was it Painesville, Ohio, something like that. And yeah, and, uh, he went to John Carroll, you know John Carroll University up there in Northeast Ohio. So it's uh, yeah. And then we're gonna I'm, I'm, as much as it pains me to say this, Chuck Noll gets some honorable mention too. He won four Super Bowls. But here's the thing about the Steelers, people. People out there don't know that our biggest historians of the game. The Steelers franchise started in 1933, and they were god awful until Chuck Noll got yep. there. I mean, we're talking 40 years of terrible football. I mean, why do you think the Brown Steelers' all-time record was so lopsided for so long and still so close now? Is because the Steelers were awful. For the first 40 years, we're talking a team that never won a playoff game until, you know, Chuck Noll arrived. So, you know, he's, he deserves some love to be on that list. Yep. No, for sure. He, he definitely deserves to be on that list. Um, it's tough. Like a coach that I had that it's kind of close on for me on the list is I'm, I'm a fan of Joe Gibbs. Always have been. You know, he's three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, what? Two-time AP coach of the year. And he, you know, he's he's an owner in NASCAR, so I gotta throw him out there. I respect him; great businessman, great coach. Does what he does, and um, you know, guys gotta throw him out there for honorable mention. Um, it's always tough. Just think about how many titles in general, you know, someone like Tom Landry, you know, would have had if he could get through the Steelers. You know, that was always kind of his his roadblock there. Or even even Marv Levy, oh, yeah. Marv Levy taking the Bills to four straight Super Bowls. You know, that, that, I don't know if that's ever going to be done again. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, they lost all the Super Bowls, which is crazy to think they were the four straight and they lost. But it's just crazy getting the four straight, even though they lost. He still got in the four straight. You know, to me, that's still impressive. But all right, so I think we're in agreement. Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi. Paul Brown and George Hollis probably is our Mount Rushmore coach. Yeah, well. I'm in agreement on that one. I'm in agreement. So now the next, yeah, I'm gonna drop college on you real quick. Who won the first NFL championship in 1920? The very first. Do you know who it is? I uh, know, but I'm taking a guess. I'm gonna guess it was the St. Louis Cardinals. Wrong. In 1920, almost the whole league was Ohio, and the Akron Pros won the first NFL championship in 1920. The Akron Ohio Coach Pros. Coach Paul Brown. 
Yeah, believe it or not, it wasn't quite there yet. Not, not quite. So, no, I, I would not have known that. I would not have known that at all. But, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. So, all right, college coaches. My, I was, we're, we're trying to decide whether you just modern era overall because obviously you get back in, like, Fielding, Yost, New Rockies, and all that stuff. But for my just initial list of coaches that I have here, I coach, like, Nick Saban, Bear Bryant, Urban Meyer, Joe Paterno, Tom Osborne, Bud Wilkinson, Pete Carroll, Bob Stoops, Woody Hayes. That's just my initial listing. I'm sure that there's coaches I'm missing on this list or coaches that should be on this list. Oh, John McKay. I know he was doing work there in the late 70s, early 80s, I think, in at, there at USC. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, college is a lot more difficult because – and I guess we'll keep it at D1 because there's some coaches out there like at Carrots that have all the most ridiculous records of all time. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, we'll keep it there for, to, for, to make it somewhat manageable. To me, the, this is the, another one that's kind of easy for number one. And it's hard for me to accept this fact because I dislike, saving a lot but uh he uh, just because the way he is you know the way alabama gets away from him, everybody getting arrested and all kinds of trouble and, you know the sec in general just looks the other way on everything uh but uh nick saban's got six national titles and i can't hate on that i i'll re- i'm this is a results-based business, and six titles is results. That's right. You'll, you'll, so, deal, with, you'll deal with a coach yelling at your players a little bit. He brings titles to your school, and he's bringing viewership, bringing money, and bringing money to your program, a lot of money to your program on a regular basis. So you're, you're going to give him that rope. Yeah, and even though he just started using email this year, uh, yeah, I don't know if I believe that, but uh, – you know, uh, whatever. I, I can't believe anything he says. So he, he's like, you know, it's Belichick's buddy. I guess they play evil together in the offseason and watch tape and stuff like that. So, but, you know, I can't deny the results. He won everywhere he went. He won it. He did pretty good at Michigan State. He did really good at Toledo where he first started. He, uh, he won a national championship at LSU. Won- can't deny that. Yeah, won a national championship at LSU and uh, played college football at Kent State University outside of Akron, and he's a good old boy from West yep. Virginia. They, they know him as brother down there in West Virginia. That's his nickname. So he did make the mistake trying to go and coach the Dolphins. Terrible mistake. Shouldn't have done it. But, you know, after that he realized he was a college coach. You know, he was defense coordinator for the Browns for some years. During the years when they went to the playoffs and I think went to the AFC championship, he was a D coordinator. With Belichick, so they, they've been friends yeah, for a while. I, I think he could have been a good NFL coach. Miami's at the time that was a rough job to take, so I'm not giving him a pass because you know he thinks he's awesome and he didn't get done Miami. But uh, I think he could have been a good NFL well, coach too. It's just things worked out good for him at all. No, it hurt him though is the fact that he didn't take Drew Brees coming off that injury. He tried to take Dante Culpepper instead did not work out for him at all. <laughs> no. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just bad. And then, 
you know, he's one of them guys. Like, so you can't believe, like, what, what's one of the most famous film clips that they always show of these coaches? I'm not going to be the head coach of Alabama. Bam, he's going, like, what, a week later? Yeah, you can't <laughs> believe that. And so, that's, that's like the dreaded vote of confidence from the owner about a head coach and them keeping their job. Oh, well, yeah, we definitely support our head coach, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, gone. That's how it goes down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama. He bounced on Miami. Miami didn't want to give up on him, but, you know, well, but whatever. So we're getting off topic a little bit, but Saban, I mean, five titles in Alabama in the modern era, which is much harder to win. You know, one of the reasons it's hard for me to put as great as coaches like Newt Rockney were and the coaches back in the day, Notre Dame got everybody. They got the best of the best, particularly during the war years, other than Army and right. them. So, uh, you know, to win in the modern era like he has is extremely impressive. So, I got him up there, number one, probably, just like yeah, Belichick. I mean, and number two, I mean, to me, it's probably got to be another Alabama coach, you know, Bear Bryant. He also won six national championships. I'm sure the Alabama fans said there's more. But, you know, six national championships, 14 SEC championships. It's kind of crazy overall, you know, what he did. He was, you know, for years he had been the the standard as, you know, coach of being a coach in college football. And you want to talk about coach, uh, coach yelling at players. Bear Bryant was not scared to uh, let the players know how he felt at any point in time. <laughs> uh, it was a different era. I mean, all the coaches, like, from that era were pretty yeah. brutal. Now you hear you hear a lot of stories, and I've read biographies on Bear Bryant, Woody Hayes, and some of these guys. Uh, I don't know how much how well that would fly today <laughs> with today's right. players and just society in general. Uh, but it, it was definitely a different time. I mean, here's one of the things you know. You, everybody talks about what he did at Alabama, and it's absolutely impressive with the five titles. But I like these guys that win everywhere. So he started at Maryland in 1945, an awful, awful football team. Still awful to this day. It won 6-2-1. and one, Right. All right? <laughs> I just call it how I see it. Uh, Kentucky, he goes to Kentucky and won 60-23-5 at Kentucky. At Kentucky. That alone should put him up there Impressive. at the top. You Impressive. know what I mean? So. Yeah, but I heard he liked being a socialite in them early days and uh, kind of had to get out of town and ended up in Texas <laughs> and you know, went 25-14-2. and two. Most of them losses were the first year of the Junction Boys. I don't know if you've ever seen that ESPN movie, the Junction yeah, Boys, it. out there in the desert in Texas where he's starving everybody of water and, and horrible. <laughs> uh, you'd have thought it was a prisoner of war camp the way that right. thing was running. I mean, can you imagine if somebody did that? Oh yeah, now? no way, right? no way. That would that would not fly whatsoever. There'd be so many players filing grievances and complaining, and it just wouldn't happen at all. Oh yeah, and then obviously went on to Alabama to do what he did. But uh, I mean, it's just amazing how much things have changed just since we've played. I mean, the stuff we were doing, we played. You can't right. do anymore. Let alone what he was doing out in the desert. Back in 19, you know, 54, 57. So, uh, yeah. So, Bear Bryant, yep, I, I agree. So you got Bear Bryant on there? Well, that's, that's two. All right, the third coach I have on here, as much as it pains me to say this, Woody Hayes. He went out at Ohio State, 
was there. I forget how many years he was actually there, but he won five national championships and 13 Big Ten titles there at Ohio State. Now, he's, I think he was at Miami uh, previously. He also coached at Denison before that. So he did win an OSC title back in 1947. He won a Mid-American title at Miami uh, there in 1950. But between 1954 and 1977, yeah. 13 Big Ten titles and five national championships. As much as I hate to admit it and, and say it, that's impressive. And he's got to be on. He's got to be on the list of uh, of top head coaches, in my opinion. Yeah. So I mean, he coached from 1951 to 78 at Ohio State. Was 205-61 and 10. Uh he won everywhere. I mean, he started Denison College in Ohio, which is my rival. You know, Denison was our rival at Ohio Wesleyan. So he started there at 19 and 6. And then he went to Miami and was 14 and 5. So he's another guy who earned his way up, won a lot of games. Uh, a lot of people, he developed a lot of coaches during his tenure, too, including Lloyd Carr. So, uh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he definitely, I agree. Got to be on the list. Plus, he wanted Ohio State. You know, when you're talking about back in the day like that, Ohio State, you know, they're playing a tough schedule. So, for sure. You know, uh, it's a shame. Uh, he probably has one of the most <laughs> wild endings to a career when he punched that Clemson linebacker, yeah, Charlie that's Palmer. That's crazy. <laughs> like, he's running down the sideline for like interception like that. He comes out close lines a kid. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane that he did that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know I'll tell you what, though, if you watch the video, that Clemson linebacker, he definitely said something to Woody Hayes. I'm not justifying Hayes hitting him by any sense of the, of the word, but that he was definitely doing some taunting. Even right. Now, I, I'm, I'm sure he was for sure, but man, for for him to do that, I mean, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, can you imagine that happening now? It'd be like lost. I can't imagine anything <laughs> happening now that happened back then, at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, so and uh, just to let you know, Ohio State has always had trouble with Clemson. I don't know what the deal is, but it always yeah. has been a problem. Yeah, no, that, that's for sure. I know my own modern hero college. We had a we have a problem with Clemson too because uh, I think they filed. They're going to file a lawsuit against us, our school, because of the Panther Paul we had in our helmets. And they're claiming some kind of patent infringement. I don't know if it was true or not. I don't think that our Pauls were really exactly the same, especially because ours were blue, but they said the designs are similar. So we had to change our logos. So they're still changing to this day. They just changed it this wow. year. When for years, the Panther Paul was a staple at the school. So that that is that's tough. That's how I always remember Clemson, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. I, I, I do like what Dabo's doing, and I think uh, if we have this conversation in another ten years, Dabo might be on this. He, list. Yeah, he might be for sure. For sure, I think he's he's taking that program in the right direction, and they're looking good, and they're turning out NFL players. I guess their job, and I think he's going to. I think they're they're overtaking Alabama, in my opinion. And his style is different than Nick Saban's too. 
Yeah, they're starting to. I mean, the rich are getting richer in the uh, college football. The top teams are just yeah. getting better, you know. So it's really turned into an Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State type right. of deal here. It's just crazy so, that the Florida schools have dropped off so far. It's to me, it's just absolutely crazy that it's happened. But well, you know what's funny about that? Like you know, you talk about we talk about Clemson. Not to get off topic, but. You know what? I haven't even mentioned, you know, I, 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 I have so much hate for the Big 12 that I forget to trash how bad the ACC is sometimes <laughs> with what Miami's become and what Florida State's become and what Georgia Tech's become. I mean, these are historic programs. They're awful, awful right. football, terrible. So Clemson's basically playing – Cream puff schedule. Let's face it. Virginia made it to its first ACC title game and maybe ever. Actually, it was their first time ever. Virginia. All right. That's what Clemson's going up against. So, you know, I'm not – Dabo Sweeney's still getting it done, but they definitely aren't tested week after week. That's for sure. But I don't know. I don't know. So, we have our three. We have our three. And, and you know, I was going through the fourth, and you brought you brought him up last second, and, and we talked about some of those. Like I'll say about Urban Meyer, you know, he was there at uh, you know, he has coaching stops at Bowling Green, uh, what Utah, Florida, Ohio State. Um, I'm sure there's someplace I'm missing in there, but he has three national championships, three Big Ten titles, and he's just doing it in a short period of time. I mean, his overall record is 187 and 32 as a head coach, and 12 and three in bowls. You know, so yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. And, you know, it's funny we're talking about we're looking at other lists, and you know, it's crazy how far some people have been right. down there. Uh, he deserves. Yeah, he deserves to towards the top. Um, Tom Osborne, you know, for him, he was a he was a staple in Nebraska for years. Won three national championships, and they pretty much were dominating the mid nineties between them and, and Florida. And the Hurricanes, I mean, there's really – that's who was taking care of things, you know, in college football during that time frame. But three national championships and 12 Big 8 championships, one Big 12 championship. So, I mean, they they, they were solid. They were solid for years. He was old school. He had those those big offensive linemen. They are running the ball. They are coming downhill. And he's like, hey, try to stop us, you know. And they played solid defense. Got to throw him up there on the list as a as potential um, – you know, potential person on that list as well. Um, yeah, you have the Joe Paternals that was there at Penn State for years. I think he only won two national championships. Bobby Dowdle only won two national championships at Florida State for as long as he was there. Like I said, it comes down to wins and championships. And I know that we had kind of thought about Bud Wilkinson, especially when they had that, was it a 31-game winning streak, which is super impressive. You know, it's pretty crazy that it was like that. But, you know, they won three national championships as well. And I think to me to get above the hump, you have to win more than three national championships. And really, the main person I saw that did that was John McKay, USC. Um, he won four national championships yeah. and what nine Pac-8 titles from back in the day. Some. Yeah, I mean it's impressive what he did there. Uh, USC is a, a historic program. You know, people looking now and seeing what they are, but they've been a historic program for a very long time. So one of the things when we're trying to fill this last spot is 
you know, as much as I like what Urban Meyer's done, <clears throat> you know, Ohio State and Florida State, I, I like Tom Osborne almost for this last spot because, let's face it, college football's recruiting and that he was able to recruit those type of teams to Nebraska out in the middle of nowhere where there's no local football to even draw right. from. Uh, that's part of the. Th- I think I got to take that into the factor as a deciding factor. I mean, that's tough. With all the tradition at USC, all the championships, all the Heisman Trophy winners. When McKay was there, the Heisman Trophy winners when he was there. You know, the running running back. You, you know, Marcus Allen, OJ Simpson. Was it? Uh, was it Charles? Uh, oh, what's Charles's last name? I can't think off the top of my head. Either way, I and mean, they had running backs after running back after running back going there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and uh, another thing too about those Nebraska teams in the nineties is just how physically dominant they were. I mean, they were just rolling teams. Uh, but yeah, USC, it's tough. And McKay, you know, I like that. This is it's it, this. I mean, like we said, college football is a lot tougher. Uh, I, I, I agree with not having Joe Paterno on there. I mean, the guy was 409, 136, and three with two national titles. But uh, all that big success ended as soon as he joined the Big Ten and had to play real football. So, oh, uh, Bowden, you know, yeah, he was good. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough I mean, I, I mean yeah, yeah, I think you're right, though. I mean, it comes down to, to Osborne. You know, I think it comes down to, to Tom Osborne and um, – and John McKay, to me. I mean, Urban Meyer, just because he's done it in such a short period of time, it's insane. He wins like crazy. He spits out NFL players like this is his job. He recruits ridiculously. So you can't hate on that. You can't deny that. But I think he's he's going to be just off Mount Rushmore. Um, I mean, both McKay and Osborne are legendary coaches. And you can't deny that. Let's throw them on. Just let's just add a head to the mountain. I'm good. Right, no, I'm good with that too. I'm good with that too. So, all right. So as we have Nick Saban, Bear Bryant, Tom Osborne, and John McKay. Yeah, am I forgetting someone? And Woody Hayes. And Woody Hayes. That's a lot of national championships. A lot of national championships. It's a lot. A lot of winning. It's a results-based business, and those people produce. And can you guys results. believe it? Dane actually was okay with letting the team from the Big Twelve, well, former Big Twelve, but when Osborne was there, Big Twelve, letting Tom Osborne be on this list because I think he felt differently about how they played defense there back in the day. But just the, the fact that he let Nebraska on the list, the former Big Twelve uh, team, and the now they're in the Big Ten, which still doesn't seem right to me, but. Um, he let him on the list. I'm proud of you for uh, for letting that happen, Dan. Yeah, this is a big <laughs> moment. This is a big moment. Uh, Nebraska has been putting their place in the Big Ten now, which is uh, which is good. I'm glad that's being done. But uh, yeah, I can't deny what Osborne did. That those teams could play with anybody. Uh, and another thing, too, like I said, Nebraska, where it's located, will never reach those heights you, again. You don't think that Scott Frost uh, can do it? No. Uh, Pelini, when they fired him, the old Ohio State yeah. linebacker, he was winning nine games a year. Uh, and the alumni couldn't handle that he wasn't winning national titles. 
And he basically told them, this is about the best you can do here. You want to fire me, fire me. So they fired him, and now they can't win six games. So that's what you get, Nebraska. Welcome to the Big Ten. Welcome to have to play some real football. So, yeah. So those days are over. Uh, the fact that Nebraska gave, not to get off topic, but that they gave Frost that contract extension after another horrendous year of football in the Cornhusker State is ridiculous. Supposedly they had to give him that contract because recruits were already edging on going there if he wasn't going to make it another four years. Right, right. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, Nebraska's awful. Awful. Hey. Awful. But You know you have to look out for who's on the come up, and that's over there in the Big 12, Kansas, Les Miles. I was never a fan of Les Miles at LSU. But I watched that. I watched the show on ESPNU that features him. You know, the first season at Kansas, everything's going through and turning around the program. You know, the record doesn't show it, but they were definitely competitive in every game they played, except for like one. You know what I mean? So I think oh, he's yeah. making a difference yeah. out there in Kansas. He's changing the culture, and I'm more or less Miles fan now than I was before. And I don't know. I would almost can be have the, you know, let the door be open to him coming back to Michigan if it, if it comes down to it. Because I'm feeling that, you know, with Harbaugh, if he doesn't win this year or I'll, I'll give him even the next year, he's going to be out the door. Um, and then it's going to be tough not, you know, not to bring back a Michigan man as the coach. And he's probably the, the top of the list. If, if he can, if whatever's going on with Lloyd Carr, um, if Lloyd Carr allows it. So whatever whatever happened back in the day was bad because Wood Carr's like, no, Les Miles will not be coming here. And he's respecting the Michigan community. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I you're not gonna get Les Miles. I don't know if you want Les Miles because he should have won more titles at LSU. He That's just true. never had an offense. You know, he had the talent down there. So I think he's a little overrated. But his name alone will help Kansas. And let's face it, Kansas was so far down, he couldn't help but get yeah, a little true. better, right? And I want to do one. I want to throw some more shade on Nebraska because this is a little personal <laughs> here. All right, go ahead. When my Akron Zips flew out to Nebraska to play a football game and they canceled the game because of the weather, yep. remember that? That's crazy. They didn't want to pay Akron Zips the money they owed them to fly out there and beat their ass in Nebraska. So they canceled the game and then didn't pay them for coming out there and playing like you're supposed to play the mid-major teams. Come on, Nebraska. Not only would you have got beat by the Akron Zips, but you also didn't even pay them like you're supposed to when the mid-majors depend on that money. I'm tired of talking about Nebraska. We're done with them. I don't even know why. That's right. Fear the Rue. Fear the Rue. They were – the rules so bad they had to cancel the game because they said there was some lightning, and then they didn't want to pay them. So that's what I got for Frost. That's what I got. <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy. All right, our last Mount Rushmore topic. Our Mount Rushmore for rappers uh, overall. Just our opinions on it. We don't claim to be professionals. This is what we think. So, do we have a consensus on someone that should be on that list completely? Or actually, no, let me go through the list of names that I have overall, and then we can kind of discuss from there. So I have Tupac, Biggie, and this is from 
from my list, from what I listen to, what I like. Um, so I know there's probably some old school rappers that I don't have on this list. Sorry, it's just what it is right now. All right, so Pop, Biggie, Snoop, uh, Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, T.I., Lil Wayne, Ice Cube, Method Man, and I have Outkast on there. So Outkast is a duo. Um, I have both of them on there. I guess if we're talking about lyrically, um, I guess I'll probably go Andre 3000. But that's... Uh, I'm sure there's someone I missed. I, I think Dandy had someone else on the list that I didn't have um, initially. I think we could have uh, Easy. Easy. I'm 40 years old, man. If you're not old school like me now at this point, you probably don't even know Easy because they don't really play his stuff unless you're listening to like Sirius XM Fly Station or something. But uh, Easy gets no love today because obviously. You know, he passed away a long time ago, and I believe it was 1994. But, yeah, I had easy on the list. Gotcha. So, to, to, to you, is there anybody from that list that should automatically be up there on the Mount Rushmore? Well, you know what's funny? This this is a lot of personal preference when we're talking about this. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I, uh, you know, we're, you're obviously partial to your era. I'm not particularly big on today's hip hop, and you know I'm a big rock guy to begin with. So, but but I still, uh, I gotta have Jay Z on there. I've been listening from ever. His '96 debut album was great. Uh, I gotta have Tupac on there. I mean, he's the he he really helped explode rap. I mean, with his charisma and his party lyrics and personal lyrics and uh you know you got the full spectrum right. with him with death rose production there in the later years although i still think me against the world yeah. is the best album dear mama to me is one of the best songs ever ever written uh eminem i gotta have him on there lyrically uh just <laughs> i don't even know how he thinks of that <laughs> stuff but you know the flow the songs the hits you know, so I got those three on there. Uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about Biggie, and you know people will kill us for not having him on our top list. But the the catalog of material small, right? right? There's not Master. a lot of material. You got Ready mm-hmm. to Die, and you got the double album Life After Death, which I thought had a lot of fluff on it. Wasn't a solid album all the way through, like Ready to Die. Uh, I love Biggie's songs. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But with just two albums under his belt, it's hard for him to be in my top four. Right. So I'm going to get killed if anybody, you know, majority of people will kill me for not having him on my top four. Oh, man. I don't know. You you have some people you prefer. You know, we got Snoop Dogg, probably one of the best debut albums of all time. Doggy Style, still a classic. I can still put that on anytime. You can put that on at any party, anytime, even today, and nobody's right. going to object. No, to I, that. I agree. You 100%. agree? 100%. No one's going to object to that at all. To but, this day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always been a huge Nas fan uh, since his yeah. debut album back in the day. Uh, I'm I just big fan of his. Lyrically, he's fantastic. 
Good songs. Uh, man, it's it's just tough, you. man. It's tough to like if you try to narrow it down like that. I agree. Like me personally, like obviously I'm, I'm a Fox fan. I'm a Biggie fan. Um, but yeah, the, the me holding it back for Biggie is just you know the amount of work that uh, that was put out there is just not quite enough for me to have him in in the top four. And it hurts me to say that. I, I, I love Biggie as a rap. You go in off top of the head. You know, wouldn't have him written down, go to the studio, just knock it out. It's what he did. You know, um, another end that I have to put up there for me personally is Method Man. You know, I know a lot of times he probably, I won't say he got overshadowed. You know, he was always part of Wu Tang and then they, they pushed everything out together and produced it that way. I always thought he stood out uh, among among the group if you listen to their songs and their various albums. Um, just the, his style, his flow. Uh, I encourage everybody to, to listen to him uh, for sure. Um, but, you know, as far as Mount Rushmore, yeah, I'm with you, Pop. And I definitely, like, I listen to Jay-Z. I probably didn't listen to him hardcore. Like, I, you know, I probably listened to him later more than I did when I was younger. Um, but, you know, he he is definitely there. You know, Nods is crazy. Like, I probably, I got some game when we're doing our pre-meeting. Um I probably listened to him a lot when the I N album came out and then went back and listened to more of his stuff before. But that was when I really got hooked on him. Um so what do I have? I, I have pop. I have Nas. I mean you gotta put Eminem on there. Like I said, Eminem's just it's crazy how he thinks of everything he thinks of. And you know, whether it's you know, whether it's a song, whether it's it's a freestyle, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's he's ready at any point in time to do whatever needs to be done. <laughs> so Yeah, he connects with a lot of people and there is right. no filter. Absolutely no filter. Like that dude has never sat down and when he's writing a song ever thought to himself, Hey, eh, I don't know if I no. should say that. No, that's no, never crossed his all. mind. Not at all. <laughs> he says it how he's gonna say it, and that's it. So and then for me, Ice Cube. You know, obviously he's there with Easy back in the day. Um, I just think that you know his delivery. I mean, he he wrote a lot of things for NWA uh, back then. He wrote you know, a lot of everybody's parts in those songs. But just his style, how he brings it, he makes you feel it. You know, I just feel like you're there with him when he's telling his story when he's. You know, he's giving us flow. I just think you're there. And, like, I think you feel the emotion behind it. And you feel the anger behind it. And, you know, I like that about him. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and like I said, this is our list just talking. You know what I mean? So I don't care what anybody thinks about what I say on this. I'm going to tell you who I like. And, you know, I like 50 Cent in the club (laughs) classic. I don't care what anybody says. I like DMX. I've been listening to DMX forever. All right. I, I'm with you with Method Man. I'm a big Method Man fan. I like T.I. Uh, like I said, not too many. If I got to throw somebody newer on here, I like J. Cole. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to throw one out there that most people don't listen to that much anymore probably, but I was always a big fan. I've always liked yeah. Scarface. Always. always. Been mean, I'm with Scarface. you there. Scarface is one of my favorites too. One of my favorites too. So, I mean that that's our that's our rap Mount Rushmore. Um, you kind of hear who we like a little bit. 
you also like them too. I know for a lot of the younger crowd out there, it's probably old school, and that's all right. That's what we like. So we listen to. We're good with it. If you're not, we don't care. <laughs> that's so, right. That's right. All right. You can take your auto tunes and take it somewhere else, man. We're, we're taking it back <laughs> to the real stuff. I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, all right, rapid fire. Where are we going with the name? All right, I got some rapid fire for you today. First one, we'll start a little easy here. Game you're most looking forward to in the NFL schedule this year? You know what? I know you threw out some some things, you know, for some other teams this year. I think it was a lot of Buccaneers games. Obviously, Brady's there and everything. Me, personally, I'm concerned with my hometown team. I want to see how the Bengals are going to do. And obviously, you look, you see that the Browns, the Browns have the talent. They're at the Browns the second week of the season. I'm interested to see what happens there. It's a Thursday night game, 8.20 p.m. Um, I know I'm looking forward to it. I want to see what happens. And, you know, they're going to see what they can do against all those talented receivers on offense. And you know, and actually their, their talent on offense in general, between the receivers, the running backs. I mean, they have it all. There's no reason why the Browns shouldn't be able to, to put up points against anybody. But that's, I'm interested to see what happens there. And also, a game I'm looking forward to is actually that next week where the, the Bengals travel to Philly. They play the Eagles. And I might see if uh, I can go out there, see if we can get Dane to get us some tickets and go see that game, go see it live. Never been to a game in Philly. I think it would be a good time. I also want to experience some Philly cheesesteaks when I'm out there and, um, you know, let's see what's good. So that that's those are kind of the two. Yeah, we got to work on that because – yeah, an Eagles game is a good time, man. That's a, it yeah, is a football time. Man. I want to see you in person. Obviously, I'm coming there as a Bengals fan, so I might be a target, and that's okay. We'll figure it out on the fly. But uh, until then, I'm, I'm looking forward to those games of the season, to be honest with you. That's right, and come hungry because we're going to try a lot of different cheese sticks. <laughs> hey, as long as they're authentic and from Philly, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Let's do it. All right, so the questions get a little tougher here. When do you think the NBA season is going to start? Man, I mean, I think they're, they're opening up some facilities now. I think, I mean, they're going to give them a couple of weeks to kind of prepare and everything. I think they're going to – honestly, I'll say mid-June. Oh, I, I okay. I think mid-June, early I think they're going to try mid to late June. Start. Um, but they still want to get the playoffs and everything down. They want to get everything in. They want to have enough games to make it happen. Now, they're not going to be playing in front of crowds or anything like that, I don't think. Um, they're they're going to have to figure that out, obviously, to generate the revenue. I'm sure they'll figure out through streaming and television how to make that happen. But I think that they will get get things back to where they're playing out on the court, especially with, if a lot of states like Ohio are opening things back up. Um Business-wise, as long as there's not any kind of uptick uh, for the COVID-19 virus, um, I think they're going to be, yeah, I say mid to late June is going to be my, my guess because they, they want to make that money and they want to do it for the league and they can't they don't want to have the league down for a year. So that that is my prediction. Okay. I don't think – I don't think there will be a season. MJ doesn't want the – 
Does is it going to allow the NBA to start back up? We can't afford to have LeBron in our title. <laughs> but this is your random segment, so we'll keep going. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Would Jordan make it in baseball? No. And stuck with it. Not at all. I mean, he got that chance with the Barons just because he was Michael Jordan. Um, you just tell. You just. I mean, he looked like he was okay. I mean, look, he can play ball a little bit, but he's not a major league baseball player. You can just tell from the swing. You know, a lot of tall guys in their swing. He had a loopy swing, and in the major leagues, they've been exposed. You know, he was six six swinging a bat, and he just didn't get the bat through the zone like he should, in my opinion. Um, when he's up there swinging, lots of you know, he has you know long arms, and he didn't have a compact swing. It was a lanky swing, and even look at Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, what six seven? If you look at his swing, his swing is to the point. You know, he's not wasting any time or any motion with his swing. It's, he's coming through it quickly. And there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of loops in his swing where I think Jordan had that. And um, I just don't think it would have worked for him. Now, I, what... Well, you know, his coach, his coach down there was actually Terry Francona of the Indians. And Terry thought he could have made it if he it's... stuck with it, but. I'm if he would have, if he would have started one. earlier and stuck with it, and it was like an everyday thing, and he was like everyday grind, and he was doing that, maybe if he was started earlier, it's like Tim Tebow. Like Tim Tebow came off the snide, and he went out there and he's playing like double A and triple A ball, and you know he's not lighting it up, but he's not he's not completely bombing it either. If he would have done that straight out of high school or in college, he probably been major leagues, in my opinion. You know, but um. It's tough to say. But, yeah, Jordan, no. I don't think so. All right. And then the last one I got for you is first thing you're going to do when the quarantine ends. Nothing. I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing this whole time. Like I said, my schedule has really not changed. I just work from home. You know, come like, I, I work from home. The kids go to the center. We get them from the center. We bring them back. We cook dinner. We hang out. They go to bed. We go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. I do it again. That's what I do. I wasn't going out to bars before. I wasn't going out. All right. So the first, first thing, the first thing you're gonna do then is Bengals yes, Eagles. Bengals Eagles. I'm down. I actually, I, I do want to take Caden to a Bengals game this year. Um, I, if if everything's up and running and open, I'll take him to a Bengals game or take him to a Michigan game. Um. I know he enjoys going to those live events, taking him to like the UD basketball game. We take him to the Reds baseball game, but you know, baseball's kind of slow, so that's tough. Uh take him to like SC Cincinnati soccer game. He enjoyed that. I know he wants to go to a big time football game, so I wanna I wanna let him experience, you know, everything, you know, tailgating, you know, hanging out, grilling the food, doing all that before the game, uh, you know, going in and experiencing, you know, for mission games like, you know. The pageantry before, the bands, the big crowds, all the tradition. I want him to experience that. You know, Cincinnati, I want him, you know, here, you know, walking in the jungle and, you know, tailgating down there at Longworth Hall and, and you know, making that walk to the stadium and experience it. I think he'll enjoy every bit of it. and He's going to love it. And it's going to be awesome to see his face going through it. So I look forward to that for sure. I I agree. Can't wait to get back out there. Can't wait till sports gets back. So, man, that's all I got for you. Yeah, man. Appreciate you coming back out. 
Uh, I think I might be trying to celebrate my birthday a little bit tonight. I might have a beverage or two because I didn't have any yesterday. You know, I plan on having some during my final, but last night I said, you know what? Might not be a good idea. I'm just going to try to knock this out real quick. And that worked out. But might have a few tonight. Just trying to hang out, have a good time around the house. And um, yeah, just trying to make it, man. So appreciate you coming back out this week. It's always a good time, man. All right, no problem. Happy birthday. Hey everybody, it's your favorite section of the show, Relax and Take Notes. And don't have too much today, just kind of going through everything. I know where everybody's still dealing with the quarantine across the country. I know here in the state of Ohio, things are starting to open back up. Um, just doesn't mean we still don't need to be cautious. Um, I know a lot of people think that everything's kind of a hoax, everything's media, you know, media driven, which it may be, but you know, you still want to be cautious out there. You still want to, you know, do what you can to protect your family, you know, protect those, the elderly. I know they're more susceptible to this particular virus. And, you know, I've seen to where individuals and they've had family members that have passed away from this virus. So it is serious. It is real, um, you know, for a lot of the, the people in our age range and, you know, in, in certain age groups, it doesn't necessarily affect them as much. But people are definitely affected. It seems like it affects everybody differently. So, you know, take your right precautions, you know, even going to the grocery store. I've actually started doing this where. You know, I will I will go out there and wear a mask just not because I'm worried about getting it. But if I did have symptoms of it, you know, it keeps me from spreading it to someone else or at least lowers the percentage of that happening. So, you know, dude, can, you know, let's try to get everything back on track. Looks like they're, they're, the government's thinking that it's time for us to go ahead and open things back up and get the economy moving. We'll see if that's the right decision or not. We'll see if there's a spike in cases or not. And then we'll see what happens from there. So until then, be careful, stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, we have fun today on this podcast and uh, always hanging out, having good times. You want to hit us up on Twitter, hit up Dana at D DeMail. Hit me up at, at Franchise 22 Hit me up at, at Terrell Dwayne 11 on Instagram. And hit me up at Terrell Cummings. Or find me on Facebook just by the name Terrell Cummings. I'm out there. I'm around. So until then, we had a good episode. We look forward to next week. We hope you are too. So we'll talk to you soon. Later. <laughs>